Our text is Matthew 7, 13 and 14. These words, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So far the text. After the sermon, we'll sing hymn 47, 2 and 4. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, how seriously do we take our Christianity? How seriously do we take the Lord? Do we have any sense of holy fear? Well, these are the questions that come to us this morning as we focus on the text for today. Our text is about the broad way and the narrow way. And as we focus on that, we'll know three things. First of all, the ways. Secondly, the travelers. And thirdly, the destinations. The broad way and the narrow way. We'll note the ways, the travelers, and the destinations. I think that the Sermon on the Mount is quite familiar to all of us gathered here today. And even if you haven't grown up with Christianity, you're probably very familiar with the Sermon on the Mount. These are among the most well-known words of Holy Scripture. And you know the scenario. The Lord Jesus was seated there on that hillside instructing God's people. His disciples were right around him, his inner circle of followers. And on the periphery were the people of God, the people of Israel, gathered together to hear this teacher, Jesus Christ. And we need to realize, brothers and sisters, when the Lord Jesus spoke the Sermon on the Mount, and that's especially important as we focus on our text for today, when the Lord Jesus was speaking the Sermon on the Mount, he was speaking to God's own people. He was speaking to the covenant people. He was speaking to the people who knew God's revelation. He was speaking to the people who knew God and who were the children of God, and who had been called to faith and obedience. And as the Lord Jesus was teaching them, the Lord Jesus was doing so, to say it with the words of Lord's Day 12 of the Heidelberg Catechism, as our chief prophet and teacher, who has fully revealed to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our redemption. That's how Christ was instructing the people of God. He was the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, and he was unfolding for the people of God the depth and the riches of those Old Testament scriptures as they pointed to him. And so it is that in the Sermon on the Mount, we hear the Lord Jesus identify himself as the Son of God. That comes out, for example, in what the Lord Jesus says just after our text, where he says, 
not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. My Father. And that wasn't, wasn't that the teaching of the Lord Jesus? He had come down from heaven, sent by the Father as the Savior from sin. He was the Son of God. That was his self-attestation, and he made that clear even in the Sermon on the Mount. My Father in heaven. And he was calling the people to faith. Believe that. Believe who I am. And not only that, but the Lord Jesus was also unfolding the commandments of God. He was explaining the commandments of God. And you know that from the Sermon on the Mount. You see, brothers and sisters, what becomes very clear for us from the Sermon on the Mount is that as Christians, as the people of God, we cannot engage in what is called easy believism. We cannot have the attitude, well, well, as long as you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, all is well. It doesn't really matter how you live. I mean, there's always forgiveness, isn't there? The Lord Jesus showed that it's different. That faith needs to be translated into obedience. In fact, obedience is the evidence of faith. And so the Lord Jesus explained the commandments in all their depth in the Sermon on the Mount. Take the sixth commandment. You can read about it in chapter 5. The Lord said, that commandment, you shall not kill, is not just that you go out or don't go out and literally kill someone. That commandment also means that you shall not hate someone in your heart. That's the depth of it. And the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery, is not just about the act of adultery, but it's also about lustful thoughts in the heart. That's the depth of the seventh commandment. And that's hard. That's not easy. Because our sinful nature rises up against that. Our sinful flesh doesn't want to accept that. We want to live as we want to live. And as Christians, as the people of God, we're always tempted to try to make it as wide and easy as possible. And that's where this teaching of the Lord Jesus comes into the picture. The teaching about the broad way and the narrow way. Lord Jesus then spoke those well-known words, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few.
What does the Lord Jesus mean? What does he mean with the broad way? Well, brothers and sisters, the broad way is the way of self-indulgence. It's the way that allows you to combine your Christian faith with whatever you're already doing in your life. It's the way that allows you to combine the attitudes of your sinful desires with what God requires in his word. The broad way is the way that allows you to live as you please while claiming to be a Christian. The broad way is the way that allows you to think that you are entering the kingdom of heaven while all the while holding on to those things that are sinful but which are so dear to your heart. That's the broad way. It's the way of self-indulgence. It doesn't require you to cut much out of your life. Almost anything goes. And it's characterized as the broad way and the easy way because, brothers and sisters, it is the way which allows you to take as much unchristian baggage along with you on the trip to the kingdom of heaven because the way is wide. There's lots of room. You can take as much with you as you want, as much of your old nature as you want. You hardly have to leave anything behind. It'll all fit. The way is wide. And what is the narrow way? Well, that's the way of self-denial. That's the way that requires that you cut into your life and that you cut out sin from your life. That is the way which requires that you actually listen to God's commandments and obey God's commandments. It's the narrow way. You have to leave a lot behind. You cannot take a lot of baggage along with you on that way because the way is narrow. It won't fit. You have to leave the things of the sinful, sinful nature behind. Now I ask you this morning, brothers and sisters, what really does the Lord Jesus mean? Is the Lord Jesus creating a contrast between the world on the one hand and the church on the other hand? Maybe that's how we're sometimes inclined to think about these words of the Lord Jesus, about the broad way and the narrow way. Is the contrast between the world and the people of God, or to say it in New Testament language, is the contrast between the world and Christianity? Is the contrast between non-Christians and Christians? And the answer to that question is no. That's not the contrast. Because you have to remember that in the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus was speaking about the kingdom of heaven. 
and the world doesn't care one bit about the kingdom of heaven. But God's people do. Christians do. And the Lord Jesus, furthermore, speaks about entering. Entering what? The kingdom of heaven. And furthermore, the Lord Jesus is speaking to God's own people. They were the ones gathered around them. This was Israel, the covenant people of God. The church, in New Testament language, you'd say Christians. So the contrast is not between the world on the one hand and the church on the other hand. The Lord Jesus is talking about two different kinds of Christianity. The one kind of Christianity takes it easy. The gate is wide, the way is easy. The other kind of Christianity looks closely at what God requires. That kind of Christianity travels the narrow way. And then, brothers and sisters, when you understand that that is what the Lord Jesus is speaking about in our text, then you begin to understand that what the Lord Jesus is saying in this text is a very powerful thing. Because the Lord Jesus is speaking about us as we are gathered here today. And the Lord Jesus is speaking about Christianity. It's not about the world on the one hand and the church on the other, because then we could sit here this morning and say, ah, that text doesn't say anything to me. I'm in the church. I'm safe. All is well. But when you understand that the Lord Jesus is drawing the dividing line right through the church, right through Christianity. Wow. Then you sit up and listen, huh? That's what makes this text so powerful. That's what makes this text so pointed. And the question this morning is, what kind of a Christian are you? Are you the kind that likes the broad way? The wide gate? Anything goes? Are you the kind of Christian that espouses easy believism? As long as I believe in the Lord Jesus. You know, that's what the elders hear sometimes, too, when they have to go out and reprimand somebody. They say to the elders, Oh, I believe in Jesus. He's my Savior. I'm all right. There's forgiveness, isn't there? Do you live in sin while claiming to believe in Jesus? Is your life in accord with the faith that you profess? You see, that's what it's about. And that's on a very individual and personal scale. But now I also may broaden it and ask ourselves this morning, what kind of a church are we? 
What kind of a church are you here in Owen Sound? What kind of a federation of churches is the Federation of Canadian Reformed Churches? And it's good for us to ask these questions once in a while. Does anything go as far as lifestyle and morality is concerned? Do we explain away or ignore the parts of Scripture that don't fit well with the lifestyle that we prefer? Do we allow the context of the times to overshadow the text of Scripture so that in the end we can just do as we please anyway? Do we try to make it as wide and easy as possible? See, those are the questions that come at us from our text on a personal and individual scale and on a federational scale as churches and as congregations. What kind of Christians are we? What kind of church are we? What kind of federation are we? And if you're still not convinced that this is what the text is about, then have a look at what follows. In the verses just after our text, the Lord Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So the Lord Jesus is speaking there about spiritual leaders in the church who teach and preach. And they're wearing the garb of sheep. But really, they are wolves. What they say sounds pious. What they do is perhaps very pious. But, says the Lord Jesus, they don't come with the full word of God. They speak about Christ piously. They live a very pious life, but there are certain things that are not in agreement with God's word. And the Lord Jesus speaks about that. He says, you'll know them by their fruits. And the Lord Jesus means that they are the kind of spiritual leaders that will allow you to take baggage along on the journey to the kingdom of heaven, baggage that you shouldn't be taking along. So the Lord Jesus says, they are the kind of spiritual leaders that say, oh, that's all right, you can just keep doing that. The Bible doesn't forbid that. We have an explanation for that. And so... God's people think that they are traveling the road to the kingdom of heaven. But the Lord Jesus says, it's diseased. The tree is rotten. And the fruits are bad. Because it's not the kind of teaching and preaching that tells you to cut out of your life the things that God forbids. And the Lord Jesus says, beware of them. Beware of false prophets. And you'll know them by their fruits. 
And the Lord Jesus goes on to say, in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What the Lord Jesus is saying is, it's not enough to say that you believe in Jesus Christ when you're not doing the will of God. Because the Lord Jesus came into this world to transform lives. The Lord Jesus came into this world to renew us so that we would live as God wants us to live. And I want you to notice, brothers and sisters, that this text, this passage, starting in verse 21, is specifically directed, I would say, at spiritual leaders. Because the Lord Jesus goes on to say, in that day they will say, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast demons out of your name? Did we not do many mighty works in your name? And so I can put it to you like this today. Don't be impressed by those things that seem so impressive. You know, sometimes God's people are, are focused on what a certain church does by way of mission. They travel the world over to make converts. Wonderful. Sometimes people are impressed by evangelism. They're so active. Sometimes people are impressed by the fellowship in the body of believers. It's so warm there. The people are so nice. And they say the preaching is so good. It's about Christ. But listen to what the Lord Jesus says. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And the Lord ends that little passage by saying, in that day, I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. And so the context shows that when the Lord Jesus speaks about the broad way and the narrow way, he is warning God's people, he is warning the church not to follow spiritual leaders that say, go in that direction, do that, take the broad way. Of course, they won't say it like that, but that's what it boils down to. The Lord Jesus is saying, don't follow spiritual leaders that say, things to the effect that Scripture is ignored or Scripture is explained away. That's the teaching of Christ about the ways. And then what about the travelers? Well, says the Lord Jesus, those who travel the broad and easy way are many. There are many, and that's understandable. It's very appealing. 
You don't have to cut much out of your life. You can take the road of least resistance. You can more or less do as you please and still claim to be a Christian. Many travel that road. It's appealing. It's easy. It suits us. And there are also many traveling that road because they like the fact that there are others. There are many. People like a crowd. Nobody likes to be off on his own. We like to be with the big group. So the broad road has many travelers. And the Lord Jesus speaks about the few. The few travel the narrow way. And that's understandable. It's not really very appealing. You have to leave things behind. You can't live as you please. And there are few. That's not appealing either. And I want you to notice, brothers and sisters, how the Lord Jesus puts this. He says about the narrow way and those who find it are few. Those who find it. Notice the difference in way of speaking. When the Lord Jesus was speaking about the wide gate and the, and the easy way, the Lord Jesus said, and those who enter by it are many. The Lord Jesus just spoke about entering. But when it comes to the narrow way, the Lord Jesus speaks about those finding it. And that's significant. The few who travel the narrow way have searched and found. They have searched and found. The fact that the Lord Jesus speaks about finding implies that the Lord Jesus is thinking about searching. Are you searching? Are you looking? I think of what John says in 1 John 4 verse 1. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. False prophets. That's what the Lord Jesus was speaking about. Test to see whether the spirits are from God. Search the scriptures. The few about whom the Lord Jesus is speaking, the travelers on the narrow way, have searched the scriptures. They have reflected on it. They've thought long and hard. Are you searching scripture? Do you even care? The Lord Jesus just spoke about entering the broad way. He didn't speak about finding it. It wasn't a matter of finding it because you didn't have to search for it. It was just right there, beckoning, visible for all to see. Just turn in there. Little effort required. But the narrow way, 
You have to search for it. And then you'll find it. Are you searching Scripture? Are you thinking about the things of God? Are you trying to apply Scripture to your life? It's crucial because the Lord Jesus not only speaks about the ways and the travelers, but he also speaks about the destinations. The destinations. He talks about destruction. He says that that broad way ends up in destruction. And we recognize the Lord Jesus is talking about hell. The word used by the Lord Jesus is a word that we find elsewhere in the New Testament for hell. The Lord Jesus says, the gate is wide, the way is easy, that leads to hell. And the Lord Jesus says, the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And it's a word that's used throughout the New Testament for eternal life. Our Savior said, I am the resurrection and the life. And our text says, that narrow gate and that hard way leads to eternal life. You see, brothers and sisters, that's what makes these words of Christ so powerful. As we reflect on our Christianity on a personal level, as we reflect on our church, as we reflect on our federation of churches, we need to realize that it's not about easy believism. Christianity is about believing in Jesus Christ, having faith in Jesus Christ, and doing God's will. They go together. Obedience is the evidence of faith. Faith is evident in submitting to Scripture. Faith is not just about saying, oh, I believe in Jesus. Faith is about saying, I believe in Jesus and I want to live for Him. And that should fill us with holy fear. These two destinations should fill us with holy fear. Does it? Do you ever think about that? Or do you just think all is well? And this is a message for all ages. You can be young, you can be middle-aged, you can be elderly. 
and you can be stuck in a rut, whatever age you're at. Set in your ways, whether that be young, middle-aged, or elderly, you can be set in your ways and traveling the broad way. And as I said, the Lord Jesus is talking about the church. He's talking about Christians. And that should fill us with fear. What kind of a Christian am I? Ask yourself. What kind of a church is this? What kind of a federation of churches do we belong to? It should fill us with holy fear. When we hear Christian people and when we hear Christian churches advocating things that God clearly forbids in His Word, that should fill us with concern. When we hear Christian people or Christian churches ignoring or explaining away parts of Scripture, that should fill us with concern. Now you might ask this morning, is it really that serious? They believe in Jesus Christ, don't they? As individuals. And those churches preach Jesus Christ, don't they? Is it so serious? Then all I can say to you this morning is, read the text again. Read the context again. And reflect on it. May we all enter by the narrow gate. Amen.